Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Today I have the great joy of sharing the ambient album Agis Yelmer by the wonderful Mike Nair. The inspiration for Agis Yelmer is taken not only from Norse mythology, but Celtic too. The music you will hear today invites you to travel into the deepest forest where ancient cultures lived. I can tell you that this journey will be rather special, and it's been an incredibly enjoyable collaboration with Damien of Magnair to bring you an episode that not only combines myth, legend and lore, but the sound of nature and music that will carry you away to the ancient worlds of the distant past. So today, before each track is shared, there is a short description by Damien himself, which has just been fantastic and given me some real inspiration for the section after the song, where we will have a little bit of myth, legend and lore. We very much hope you enjoy today's episode. Volva. Volva is a mystical and dark composition. The Volar mainly practiced Seether magic, which was a kind of sorcery with shamanic roots. Volva used magic for manipulation, good things, or darker. Volva has several elements of nature that I recorded in places near my house, such as sticks, birds, and leaves. I see it important to include elements of nature, since that was the basis of the ancient practices. Connect with nature. spoken about the Vilaspa in a previous podcast. It's a wonderful poem from Norse mythology and found within the Codex Regius, compiled in Iceland during the second half of the 13th century. In this poem, a volva, or a Ceres, is awoken by Odin, who seeks her knowledge and visions. 
it immediately came to mind when I started listening to the track from the album. Felispa is one of the most well-known poems of the poetic Edda, with incredible imagery and scenes describing the creation of the world, emir of gods, men, dwarves and giants. Here we learn of the war between the Aesir and the Vanir, the death of Baldur, Ragnarok and the world that will survive it. And so when we think about the description of this song, sharing a little of this poem with you felt like another wonderful opportunity to talk about it. The following stanzas from Felispa come from the Benjamin Thorpe translation. For silence I pray, your sacred children, great and small, sons of Heimdall. Be well that the forefathers deeds I recount, men's ancient saws, those that I best remember. The Jotuns I remember early born, those who me of old have reared. I nine worlds remember, nine trees, the great central tree beneath the earth. There was in times of old where Ymir dwelt, nor sand, nor sea, nor gathered waves. Earth existed not, nor heaven above. T'was a chaotic chasm, and grass nowhere. Before Burr's sons raised up heaven's vault, they who the noble mid-earth shaped, the sun shone from the south over the structure's rocks. Then was the earth begrown with herbage green. The sun from the south, the moon's companion, her right hand cast about the heavenly horses. The sun knew not where she a dwelling had, the moon knew not what power he possessed, the stars knew not where they had a station. Then went the powers all to their judgment seats, the all-holy gods, and their unheld counsel. Tonight unto the waning moon gave names, morn they've named, and midday, afternoon and eve, whereby to reckon years. The Aesir met on Ida's plain, they altar steeds and temples high constructed, their strength they proved, all things tried, furnaces established. Precious things forged, formed tongs and fabricated tools. At tables played at home, joyous they were. To them was not the want of gold, until there came Thur's maidens three, all powerful from Jotunheim. Aidan Domer, from Damien. Follow the mystical line, but in this case, it has more to do with nature and the contact that paganism makes with it.
The connection to nature in the ancient world is something that intrigues me and inspires me as a podcast and writer. There's a passage from McKinley's folklore of Scottish lochs and springs that I often think about. In the dark dawn of our annals, much confusion existed among our ancestors concerning the outer world, which was strongly appealed to their senses. They had very vague notions regarding the difference between what we now call the natural and supernatural. Indeed, all nature was to them supernatural. They looked on the sun, moon and star, on mountain and forest, on river, lake and sea, as the abodes of divinities, or even as divinities themselves. Hence sprang certain customs which have survived to our own time. Men knocked at the gate of nature, but were not admitted within. From the unknown recesses there came to them only tons of mystery. Blot from Damien This composition has to do with the sacrifice that the Nordics made for the gods, but it has a more festive approach, since for them it was not something dark, but a celebration, where they also ate the meat of the sacrifices and drank beer. This composition has to be imagined as a festive approach. share with you an excerpt from the saga of Hakon the Good, written by Icelander Snorri Sturluson in the 1200s. It contains a comprehensive description of a blot sacrifice. Chapter 16. About Sacrifices. Sigurd, Earl of Leder, was one of the greatest men for sacrifices, and so had Hakon his father been, and Sigurd always presided on account of the king at all the festivals of sacrifice in the Throndheim country. It was an old custom that when there was to be a sacrifice, all the bondi should come to the spot where the temple stood and bring with them all that they required while the festival of the sacrifice lasted. To this festival, all the men brought ale with them and all kinds of cattle, as well as horses, were slaughtered and all the blood that came from them was called lot and the vessels in which it was collected were called lot vessels. Lot staves were made, like sprinkling bushes, with which the whole of the altars and the temple walls, both outside and inside, were sprinkled over, and also the people were sprinkled with the blood, but the flesh was boiled into savoury meat for those present. The fire was in the middle of the floor of the temple, and it hung over the kettles, and the full goblets were handed around the fire, and he who made the feast, and was a chief, blessed the goblets and all the meat of the sacrifice. And first Odin's goblet was emptied for victory and power to his king. 
Thereafter, Njord and Freya's goblets for peace and a good season. Then it was the custom of many to empty the braid goblet. And then the guests emptied a goblet to the memory of departed friends, called the Remembrance Goblet. Sigurd the Earl was an open-handed man, who did what was very much celebrated. Namely, he made a great sacrifice festival at Lather, of which he paid all the expenses. Cormac Ogmundson sings of it in his ballad of Sigurd. Of cup or platter need has none, the guest who seeks the generous one. Sigurd the generous who can trace his lineage from the giant race. For Sigurd's hand is bounteous free, the guardian of the temples he. He loves the gods, his liberal hand, scatters his sword's gains o'er the land. Kernanos from Damien This composition, as its name indicates, is not referred to a Nordic divinity, but Celtic, the god Kernanos. This is my favourite composition as I try to create an environment that reflects the dark and lush forests in which the ancient peoples developed their rituals for the god. The name Kernanus means horned or peaked one. An image most of us might recognise of the god is one where he is wearing not only antlers but the ears of a stag. This image of an antlered Kernanus is one that can be found in the Celtic pre-Roman period. This in itself is quite remarkable. One of the earliest depictions recorded comes from a 4th century BC rock carving at Pasbardo in northern Italy. In it, Kernanos is not only antlered, 
but bears a torque on each arm and is accompanied by a ram-horned snake. In many carvings found across Europe, Kerninus appears with a snake. This is so interesting, for the snake in Celtic mythology is a symbol of renewal or regeneration, and in my research I came across the suggestion that one with rams might be considered even more potent, and often this depiction was to be found with gods associated with fertility, abundance, protection and healing. The stag is considered strong, virile and aggressive in the rutting season. He is also fast and the king of the forest, and represents transformation. For example, the phases of growth and shedding of their antlers from the beginning of the year to the last days of autumn. They too represented fertility, which leads me back to Kerninus. In Britain, images include the god with bowls of grain or fruit. And in Irish myth, there is a goddess called Fleish. She too is associated with deer and connected to energy within the earth and fertility. However, the god Jarig might represent an alternative to the idea of fertility, for he is more commonly associated with violent death. But he's also associated with the stag, his wild nature, and the more violent aspect of it. I must also mention a hero from Irish legend, who we will soon cover in this series on the topic. It's none other than Finn McCool. Many legends surrounding him take place while he is hunting. As such, he might be seen as the lord of the hunt, and that is a figure who, in one form or another, has been depicted as Gerninus. What is fascinating is the deeper my research took me, the more an idea began to take shape. The Celts honoured the animals they hunted, with the gods bearing many attributes of those animals that they protected, and their link to the other world. But much more than this, Gerninus embodies the connection of humanity with nature, with the animals inhabiting the forests, at once a god of the wild and untamed, but also of abundance and fertility. The Gods From Damien It is a ritualistic composition towards the gods, and the choirs would represent the gods speaking. There are also background percussive voices, representing a kind of ritual.
from an old family favourite, the children of Odin, I give you far away and long ago. Once there was another sun and another moon, a different sun and a different moon from the ones that we now see. Sol was the name of that sun, and Mani was the name of the moon. But always behind Sol and Mani wolves went, a wolf behind each. The wolves caught on them at last, and they devoured Sol and Mani. And then the world was in darkness and cold. In those times the gods lived, Odin and Thor, Hodor and Baldur, Tyr and Heimdall, Vidar and Vali, as well as Loki, the doer of good and the doer of evil. And the beautiful goddesses were living then, Frigga, Freya, Nana, Iduna and Sif. But in the days when the sun and the moon were destroyed, the gods were destroyed too. All the gods except Baldur, who had died before that time. Vidar and Vali, the sons of Odin, and Modi and Magni, the sons of Thor. At that time too, there were men and women in the world. But before the sun and the moon were devoured, and before the gods were destroyed, terrible things happened in that world. Snow fell on the four corners of the earth and kept on falling for three seasons. Winds came and blew everything away. And the people of the world who had lived on in spite of the snow and the cold and the winds fought each other, brother killing brother, until all the people were destroyed. Also there was another earth at that time, an earth green and beautiful. But the terrible winds that blew levelled the forests and the hills and the dwellings. And fire came and burnt the earth. There was a darkness, for the sun and the moon were devoured. The gods had met with their doom. And the time in which all these things happened was called Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. Then a new sun and a new moon appeared and went travelling through the heavens. They were more lovely than Sol and Mani and had no wolves followed behind them in chase. The earth became green and beautiful again, and in a deep forest that the fire had not burnt, a woman and a man wakened up. They had been hidden there by Odin and left to sleep during Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. Lith was the woman's name, and Lithrasir was the man's. They moved through the world, and their children and their children's children made people for the new earth. And of the gods left were Vidar and Vali, the sons of Odin, and Modi and Magni, the sons of Thor. On the new earth, Vidar and Vali found tablets that the older gods had written on and had left for them there, tablets telling of all that had happened before Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. And the people who lived after Ragnarok were not troubled as the people in the older days were troubled by the terrible things who had brought destruction upon the world and upon men and women, and who from the beginning had waged war upon the gods. Jotunheim From Damien For this composition I made a mix of epic elements with Nordic music. Since Jotunheim is the world of giants in Nordic mythology, I wanted to represent it in the best way, with percussion to recreate the steps of those giants 
There are many tales involving Thor, Loki, and the Jotuns, each as entertaining as the next, and filled with imagery and symbolism. But today I thought I would share something of the Lee of Vakdrudnir. In this poem, Odin the Allfather, under the guise of a man called Ganrad, visits the Jotun Vakdrudnir and enters into a contest of wits and knowledge, with the forfeit being the loser's head. Before Odin departs, he is warned by Frigg that no Jotun is as mighty as Vakdrudnir. I will share these stanzas with you today, 15 through to 31, again from Thorpe. Vafthrudnir. Tell me, Gangrad, since on the floor thou wilt prove thy proficiency, how the stream is called, which earth divides between the Jotuns and the gods. Gangrad replied, A thing the stream is called, which the earth divides between the Jotuns and the gods. Open shall it run throughout all time. On that stream no ice shall be. Tell me, Gangrad, since on the floor thou wilt prove thy proficiency, how that plain is called, wherein fight shall meet Surt and the gentle gods. Ganrad replied, Vigrid the plain is called, wherein fight shall Surt and the gentle gods. A hundred rests it is on every side. That plain is to them decreed. Vafthrudnir said, Wise art thou, O guest. Approach the Jotun's bench, and sitting let us talk. We will our heads in the hall pledge, guest, for wise utterance. Ganrad replied, Tell me first if thy wit suffices, and thou, Vathrudnir, knowest whence first came the earth and the high heaven, thou sergacious Jotun. And Vathrudnir said, From Ymir's flesh the earth was formed, and from his bones the hills, the heaven from the skull of that ice-cold giant and from his blood the sea. And Ganrad said, Tell me secondly, if thy wit suffices, and thou, Vavthrudnir, knowest, whence came the moon, which over mankind passes, and the sun likewise? And Vavthrudnir replied, Mundulfori hight he, who the moon's father is, and eke the sun's. Round heaven journey each day they must, to count the years for men. Then tell me thirdly, since thou art wise, and if thou, Vathrudir, knowest, whence came the day, which over people passes, and night with waning moons? Vathrudnir replied, Delling height, he who the day's father is, but night was of Norvi born, the new and waning moons the beneficent powers created to count the years for men. Ganrad replied, Tell me fourthly, since they pronounced thee sage, and if thou, Vafthrudnir, knowest, whence winter came, and warm summer first among the wise gods. Vafthrudnir replied, Vinsval hight he, who winter's father is, and Svafsud summers, yearly they both shall ever journey, until the powers perish. Then tell me fifthly, since they pronounce thee sage, and if thou Vavthrudnir knowest, which of the Aesir earliest, or of Ymir's sons in days of old existed? Vavthrudnir replied, Countless winters ere earth was formed, was Bergelmir born, Thrudgelmir was his sire, his grandsire, 
or Gilmil? Then Gangrad asked, Tell me, Sickly, since thou art called wise, and if thou vaftred near knowest, whence first came the Orgelmir among the Jotun's sons, thou sagacious Jotun? Vaftrednir replied, From Elvagar sprang venom drops, which grew till they became a Jotun, but sparks flew from the south world. To the ice the fire gave life. Einherjar the word itself is the old Norse for those who fight alone. From Batrudnasmal. All the Einhyar in Odin's halls each day together fight. The fallen they choose, and from the conflict ride. Beer with the Aesir drink. Of near eat their fill. Then sit in harmony together. From Grimnasmal. Five hundred doors and forty eek, I think are in Valhall. Eight hundred Einherjar will at once from each door go, when they issue with the wolf to fight. From Damien. I wanted to represent the path the Einherjar walk with the Valkyries towards Valhalla. The composition begins a little dark due to the death of the warrior in battle, but then it becomes more ambient, and not so dark because it is ever closer to reaching Valhalla. Thank you for joining me today, and I extend the genuine thanks of Damien from Mankner too. If you have enjoyed the tracks heard today, the album is available for download from Spotify and Bandcamp. 
I'm also delighted to say that the new Munkner album, Futharuna, has now been released. Futharuna is a mix of Nordic, shamanic and tribal music with a dark and mystical vibe. You can also follow the progress of new music on YouTube, Google Play, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, from Thimble Records. I will include all of the links in today's show description. And I urge you to listen to each track in its entirety to fully grasp the story contained within. As always, you can contact me on Twitter at loremyth or email mlegendlore at gmail.com. My wonderful audience who keeps downloading me, which is just wonderful. And thanks to my wonderful Patreon family. All of you continue to support my research and development of the podcast. Something special your way comes. Next month will be one year since the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast began. There are some ideas in the works for a celebration of the anniversary, and I would encourage you all to share any thoughts you might have for the year that has been and the year ahead. I'm Siobhan Clark. Thank you for listening to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. <laughs>